Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. Well, you, you're excited to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, I want to talk about a subject that, you know, uh, is in the kingdom of God, but I think it's very important that we kind of discuss it because, you know, a lot of things are being said. It's amazing how much, th- how many things are happening in parallel to God's kingdom in the world. Um, you know, the good news is here at Anchor Faith Church, we've done a really good job of ripping religion off to recognize that we're in a kingdom. The Bible's about a king, his kingdom and his royal offspring, and by all rights, a kingdom is a government. And so the king has dominion over his territory, and aren't you glad you're part of his territory? Aren't you glad that he purchased you with his blood? Aren't you glad you've been bought and paid for? Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost lives in you and bears witness with your spirit you're a child of God? Amen. And so um, I love being in the congregations that know a bit about this because I get feedback. Every time I go preach the kingdom and they don't know it as well, uh, it gets really quiet. (laughs) And I realize that because, you know, you start filtering through all that you think you know about God only to realize there's so much I still need to know about him and ways that we can operate. Um, But I want to talk to you about the pathway to citizenship. Now, I'm not trying to be political, so please don't go there. Uh, But at the end of the day, there are a lot of parallels that are happening in the world because the world's just trying to find the kingdom. At the end of the day, heaven is not the place that we're trying to attain to. We're trying to attain to the kingdom because wherever the kingdom is, that's where we want to be. Uh, Again, we do not want to drop our thinking, and I say drop, I mean lower it, to where all we are concerned about is where we go when we die. Because every religion has that concern. And Christ is bigger than any religion. In fact, if you actually read scripture and take the time and don't take it through just a traditional lens, you'll come to discover that God came down all the time. That in the very beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and then he made man in his image according to his likeness and gave him dominion, he would come down and walk with him in the cool of the day. He didn't say, Adam, come up here. I can't wait till you come up here. I mean, earth's realm was without sin. Heaven's realm was without sin. And God could come and have no issue there. There was great relationship. Adam wasn't trying to get somewhere where God was because God was with him. We know that when Jesus was born, one of his names was called Emmanuel, which is what? God with us. Right. We know before that, when God made covenant with Abraham, Abraham beget, uh, gave birth to Isaac, Isaac gave, gave birth to Jacob. Jacob, you know, had uh, 12 sons and they're the twi- tri- 12 tribes of Israel because Jacob wrestled with the Lord and had a name change of Israel. We know that God told Moses when he delivered the people out of Egypt to build a tabernacle. Why? So he could come down and be with the people. So there's so many examples when they built, when Solomon built that temple, the Lord came down. Jesus is God with us. And the good news about Jesus, Jesus says, now it's to your advantage that I go so that he may, not that you may leave. It's to your advantage that I go so that you can leave too. No, it's to your advantage that I go so that he may come so that he'll be with you. Right? That he'll be with you. Amen. It's amazing how many people are like, man, I just can't wait to be with God. Well, have you checked inside? (laughs) I mean, the third person of the Godhead lives in the believer. I'm telling you, we need to get revelation of that. Because let me tell you what the Holy Ghost would say on a Sunday. I want to go to church. I want to go to assemble with my brothers and sisters. Let me tell you what he'd say on Wednesday night of the place that you're assigned. I want to go to church. I want to be with the people that I assemble. You let me tell you what he want to do with the vision of the church that he's to set you with. Anything they're doing, the Holy Ghost would be like, let's go do something. Let's go be a light to the world, not to your house. Amen. I'm glad some of y'all were not Jesus because you would have never made it to the cross. You'd have had a hard enough time with the food that you didn't have to eat. <laughs> You'd have been struggling with the way people talked about you, and you'd have stayed home. Amen. Because the minute someone would have slapped you, that would have been it. You know, I'm done with this church stuff. 
I'm glad Jesus bore our stripes, that he was beaten so bad you couldn't tell he was a man and said, I won't let nothing stop me from fulfilling the purpose that my father sent me. Amen. The third person of the Godhead is in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have come to find out the closer we get to the end, the bolder we're going to have to be. And I mean even in the church preaching. Amen. Because the enemy, there's a great deception that is already in the earth. In fact, the Bible tells us in the last of the last days, there'll be seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. One of the greatest things that have happened on the planet is the deception of many. So if you're not gearing up this relationship you actually have and growing in it and learning how to be led by the Spirit of God, even though you're a child of God, you will run the risk. Not just run it. It is emphatic that it will happen to you. Because James let the church know. He said, now listen, brethren. Right? James chapter 1. He said, now listen, don't get all jacked up when you enter into trials and tribulations. Right? <laughs> be of good cheer. But he goes on in that same chapter. He says, now you need to be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving themselves. There are many that are in congregations that are in places they call church. And I'm not even saying it's not church. Some probably aren't, but some are. And um, they're just hearing the word, but they're not acting on it, living it out. And they are under the great deception, at all, by, but by all rights, they are children of God. Amen. But not here. Say not here. Say not with me. I will hear the voice of God and I'll obey it. Amen. There's nothing that we should do more than obey the voice of God of God. But God's always coming down, always coming down, always coming down. Guess what? He's going to come down again when he catches us up. Now, again, that event is just an event. It's not forever. Because <laughs> if you read the book, you'll find that we'll be caught up together with him in the air, it actually says. Okay. In the air. Right? And then he'll return after that tribulation period with the saints. So when we're caught up, you're coming back. Coming back to the planet. And you're going to reign with him for a thousand years. And then I just have to surmise at the end, you know, when they judge the dead and that the great white throne judgment and they throw all those into the lake of fire, those who chose to not accept Jesus as Lord, throw Satan in there himself, throw death and the grave in there as well. Then it says he'll burn the heavens and the earth. And I just believe it's probably going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to be right here on the planet. It's going to go up in flames. We're going to be just watching it burn. Come on, we'll be in our glorified bodies. We'll be right there in the midst of the fire. Watch it all burn. And then we have a new heaven and a new earth. And then we'll just watch as the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. Shut up. Come down out of heaven and hits the planet. Glory to God. And all of a sudden, the gate will be open and the king will be in there and the father will come down and Jesus will take his authority and hand it back over to daddy God, the father, and he'll say, now I'll hold the authority on the planet and it'll never be lost again. Woo, glory to God. Wow, what a great day it'll be. Amen. But he's in us now. The greater one is in us now. See, we talk about in the United States, you know, like, you know, um, there's this great pride of nation, right? You know, many cultures and nations on the earth, when you go to the Olympics or stuff, there's like a great what you would consider a pride or this um, um, allegiance to their nation. They, they have this inside them. They want to represent their country. How much more should we represent the kingdom of God? Amen? And here's the thing. Although the kingdom of God is made available for everyone, there's only a select few to get in. Ooh. It's a very prestigious nation. In fact, uh, our chancellor, Chancellor Brian, he was born in Germany. Okay? His father was deployed 
uh, over there. And um, not that there was an issue. He was just at a base over there in Germany. And that's when he was born. And so, you know, they came back to the States, right? And so years later, you know, really uh, within the last 10 years, I think it was, uh, he ended up contacting Germany and, and asked about, you know, uh, receiving citizenship since he was born there. He thought, I would like to hold dual citizenship. And so when he, you know, contacted them, they laughed at him and said, we don't give away citizenship uh, like you Americans do. We value our citizenship. Wow. That may almost get you offended. <laughs> right? There's like, it's not that easy for you to become a citizen just because you were born in our country. You are actually on a, U a U.S. base, and we just don't give it out like you do. So, in essence, he won't receive dual citizenship, even though he was born in that nation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, you understand God has a way into his. Amen. I said he has a way into his. And we need to learn that because right now in our world, you know, um, people, you know, don't understand that there's boundaries associated with nations. And, um, and however the world operates really doesn't matter in one sense. I don't care whether it's open borders or closed borders. To be honest with you, it doesn't really matter to me in one sense, okay? Um, what I'm saying is, is that there is a kingdom side, though. So whether the U.S. or Germany or Thailand, you know, whatever nation, doesn't really matter, okay? Whatever their policy is in a pathway to citizenship, there is a pathway to citizenship in the kingdom of God. And so we need to look at this again because at the end of the day, anyone going from a nation to a nation is going for this purpose, an opportunity to have a better life. I mean, and how do you fault that? Right? Now, I'm not going to say that there aren't people coming from nations into another nation for the sake of trying to destroy it. Right? We know that that would be truth as well because the reality is they're not actually wanting to have an allegiance to their new nation. What they want to do is want to infiltrate it so that the nation they came from can dominate it or get in. Because a lot of times, you know, the best way to take something down is from the inside. Right? It's from the inside. But we'll see some of this in Scripture anyway, all right? So in John chapter 3, verse 3, look what Jesus says. Jesus answered and said to them, to him, now this is Nicodemus. This is about a religious leader, okay? It's about 2.33 a.m. in the morning, Okay? This guy came out to him in private uh, because obviously he didn't want the rest of the Pharisees to know that he was talking to Jesus. And so he's asking him some questions about the kingdom or, you know, that he's from God. And Jesus just puts it out right here. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the first thing we have to realize right here, and this goes in line with Ephesians when it says, it's not of any works lest any man should boast. Meaning, we can't work our way, pay our way for a citizenship in the kingdom of God. In order to be a true citizen of God's kingdom, you must be born of the kingdom. Born. Which tells us that you can't come to church with mom and mom get you in. You can't hang out in the church and act like you're a part of its nation unless you're born of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, using some terms today, again, don't get offended because there's legal and illegal. And many of you are illegal half the time when it comes to driving. You illegally drive over the speed limit. So don't get all caught up with the word illegal, okay? Illegal just means not lawful in the process of something. And I'm going to talk like this. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to backtrack over your sensitivity, whether online or here, okay? So let's use our brain instead of just, you know, taking a bunch of talking points off of Twitter, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, or whatever, okay? Okay, so if you drive over the speed limit, 
by all rights, you are an illegal. Okay, so there are legal ways to access nations and illegal ways to access nations. An illegal way for you to think that you can access the kingdom of God is that you can work in a way that God is impressed with your goodness. But the reality is you're not in. Here's the thing. Again, you can be in the church, come to every service, but by all rights, you are an illegal alien in the congregation. Which means you are forfeiting some rights because you don't have them. Because you're not of the nation, even though you're around those who are. Period. And again, someone who's legally in the kingdom can bless you, has rights, can get things for you. But at the end of the day, unless you're born again, you're not a citizen. I said you're not a citizen. You understand someone can come to this nation or any nation for that matter unlawfully, right, and still get help. But that doesn't make you a citizen. You can receive the benefits, actually, of that nation and still not be a part of it. Right? And this happens day in and day out in churches where people are receiving benefits from the kingdom of God like food, clothing, health care. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear. Right? Right? They can come to the church, his nation, and those uh, citizens are very benevolent, and they're like, we, you need some clothes? Here. You need to eat? Here. You're sick? Let me lay hands on you and administer the health care system of the kingdom. And then they receive healing, right? A bill needs to be paid. We pay the bill. But at the end of the day, they're still not a citizen. Still not a citizen. And they can jump from one embassy to the next. One congregation to the next and and receive out of that nation. Yet, in the end, if they do not repent, then they'll find out and they know, honestly, they will be in the, the kingdom that they are a part of, which is the kingdom of darkness. Right. Okay. so Jesus says, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this nation is only by birthright, which in like, here we go, in like manner then, in the United States then, if the United States were the kingdom of God, then essence, unless you were born in this, those 50 states, you're not getting in, period. Okay, okay, I'll go over here. I'm just trying to give you in a natural sense, if you were not born here, you cannot get in. Period. There is not another pathway. See, with God, there is not another pathway. You're either born in it or you're not. You're either born in it or you're not. Now, in the natural, you're only born once. Which means if you weren't on the soil, then you would have the mentality would be, according to God, is you never have an opportunity. You would never be a U.S. citizen if that was their policy. We only have citizens that are born here. Now, I'm not saying there aren't nations kind of like that. I'll probably do a little bit of research now that I said that because I got one that popped up in my spirit, and I'll study that out and maybe talk to you next week about it. Because, again, you're like, wow, how closed-minded is that? (laughs) Well, I mean, if that's what they did natural. But God's not closed-minded. God says, I can get you born again. But it's still the only way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's go on. Because Jesus was very direct. Right? Very direct in how to become a citizen of his kingdom. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to them, I am the. Not I am a. I am the. Not I am a. Well, I mean... Do you really believe that all those people that are saying they love God and just doing it a little bit different than the way you do it aren't getting in? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Without a doubt. 
No doubt. Period. Now, why does this offend people? Because people want to do it their way. Instead of saying, geez, the creator of heaven and earth made it like super simple. He got rid of all of the confusion. He, did, he made a, such an emphatic statement that I don't have to wonder whether Islam is it or whether um, Buddhism is it or whether, you know, um, Hinduism is it or whether humanism is it or whether atheism is it. I mean, that's like someone giving you a test <laughs> and circling the answer. And you still mark something else. I mean, seriously, you get a multiple choice, right? And he fills in every bubble. The only way you blow that scan is you go and fill in your own bubbles. Now you got more than one answer. And now all of a sudden it kicks you out or causes it to wrong, even though the right answer is already there. All you got to do is sign your name. All you got to do is sign your name to the test and turn it in. But you want to sign your name and then say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. And I, don't, I mean, wow. I mean, seriously? You're like, wow. Ser you would actually blow a 100% perfect test just so you think you're better. <laughs> well, some may say that that's not it. I don't care what some may say. He's eternal. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> and again, anytime someone pushes you in this direction, you know, like get all haughty about that, you know, like I can't, I can't believe that you think some human would be smarter than God. And at the end of the day, all you're doing is asking me to believe someone you know or some book you read or somebody else's word over the word of God. That's all you're doing. You're asking me to do the same thing I'm doing but you're telling me to put my trust in some individual's name or somebody else's thoughts instead of God's thoughts. Why don't you go to his thoughts? Right? I mean, when they call you closed-minded, just say, no, my mind's been wide open to eternity. Yeah. I mean, my God made it so simple. I mean, you're still complicating it. Well, what do you think about what so-and-so said? Who is so-and-so? I mean, half the time you ain't even met so-and-so. And you're like, believe in so-and-so. <laughs> it's simple. Jesus said, I am the way, the again. Well, do you think the stuff going on in this religion? Jesus says, I'm not a truth. I'm the truth. Now, most in fact, basically all other religions, even atheist, even being an atheist, has some truth. They've grabbed something from God and then created their own thing because that's how they can try to reinforce the lie. I mean, isn't that what the devil did? Has God not said you can't eat from any tree of the garden? And Eve says, you stand corrected. God said, I can eat from any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I shall not eat for the day I eat, I'll die. There's the truth. And then he goes... You ain't going to die. He just needed a truth to reinforce his law. And all these other religions are trying to grab some portion of God. Because, you know, what do they come? Well, how do you know your book's right? You know, I mean, they wrote that book over what was already going on. No, they didn't. Again, you're trying to get me to believe that somebody else, that our book was barred from someone else's story. But here's the thing. The author of the book actually is inside me. That's what's different. I actually have the author of the book on the inside of this skin suit that you can't see talking to my spirit man saying, that's a lie. I was there when we pinned the page. I was in the cell with Paul when it was happening and the sweat was coming down at three o'clock in the morning. I was there when God spoke and it happened. I was there when that sorry liar wrote that other book and I tried to let them know through this individual, don't go that direction. He was there. 
and he's in me. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not confident in me. I'm confident in him because he actually talks to me. Right? Again, I hear your voice. I hear his voice. So again, what are you doing? You're trying to make me decide that I should listen to your voice more than the voice I literally hear on the inside. See, this is how you can talk to the world when they come at you on these things. Like, okay, so all you do, want me to do is hear your words and not the words I hear from the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. You decide, do I follow man or God? Yeah. I mean, this has been in Scripture before. I just read it with Peter here in Acts chapter 5 and 6 this morning, man. And Peter was like, you decide whether we obey man or obey God. You pass a law telling me I can't preach in the name of Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, I got a kingdom that supersedes yours, and you may kill me on the earth, but you can't kill me because I'll come back to judge you. <laughs> Woo, I'm going to do what God says. You hear me? So he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Again, these are these statements. These are not A statements. It would be different if he just said, I'm a way, I'm a truth, I'm a life. And I'm like, okay, well, he's one. No different than when we go to India at that point. You know, just add Jesus to the rest of the gods they have. How many gods do they have over there, Miss Amina? Thousands, right? Thousands. Thousands. Now, they have a few that are like top tier. <laughs> you know, they're top tier. I don't know why they're top tier, but they are. But the rest of them, you know, there's just everywhere. And so when I, have to, when I preach the kingdom of God there, I'm like, you have to denounce every other God. Don't you add Jesus to the list. Of the, you can't add him. You denounce the rest. But see, that's what citizenship is. Citizenship is, is I denounce the, the nation I was in. I have no more allegiance to it. And my full allegiance now is to the nation that I'm born of. And I only fight for that nation. I only support that nation. It's my only thought process. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This is a pathway to citizenship. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, the Passion Translation says this. Come to God through the narrow gate. What kind of gate is it? Narrow gate, because wide, say wide. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. <laughs> now, again, we want big opportunities. We want it to be really big, right? Oh, that's a big gate. I can go in there. Look at all these people. The now, look at this now. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. So that tells me the majority is going in a direction. And if you find that your thinking and your lifestyle is in with the majority, you might be on the wrong road. I mean, that is enough nugget for me when I'm starting to think and I'm hearing stuff going on in the world and how you should respond to situations. If the whole planet is in lockstep, I'm thinking that might not be the right road. That just might not be the right road. Because nearly Everybody, this is sad. This is actually a very depressing scripture. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to lie, eternal life. So few even find it. I've come to realize there's not going to be an overcrowding in the kingdom of God. But there will be an overcrowding in the lake of fire. Now, do I think it'll be crowded like they're going to be bumping into each other? No. <laughs> but there'll be a lot. And it's by their choice. You know why it's difficult to do the narrow gate? Because it's just easy to live according to your flesh and follow the, the and be led by your sight. It's just easy to respond the way everyone else does. It's just easy to get mad and angry like everybody else, to be tempted and do the temptation like everybody else. It's easy to sin. It's easy to sin. It's like easyville, right? <laughs> that was, there was a time that was just like super easy for you. You know, hopefully it's difficult for you at this juncture. Hopefully it's like a very difficult task. You know, you're like, I don't want to do that. But there was a time it's just easy. 
And it's easy. The world just follows it, runs. They do it. They give to their passions. They give to their emotions. They give to the way they feel. They give to this uh, ebbs and flows of everything. They're carried around by everything. They're just in full-blown deception. And they're all being led to slaughter. Yep. But there are a few that all of a sudden see this path. It's kind of like this stripe down here, at, down here on the floor. If you haven't been up here, you ought to come up after service so you can see it. I mean, it's pretty easy <laughs> to see that line. And so if I knew life was on the line, if life is on the line, now it'd be easy to step off this line. Be very easy because there's way more carpet square somewhere else. But this is life. Life is on the line. Here's the thing. I know where it's going. <laughs> I mean, I can see it. It's pretty clear. And this is God. God is a lamp unto our feet, a light into our path. He makes the crooked places straight. I mean, God is so, makes it so easy for humanity. This is why when, you, when people stand before him one day, all are without excuse. You're not going to complicate it. You'll have no case. Because here's the thing that I know is the most crushing in the judgment of Jesus is that God himself talks to you about what's truth and who is truth and what is the way. And he'll open up your spirit, man, on that day where you know that you heard God's voice and you said no. pathway to citizenship. We call it narrow, but I call it easy in the context. What's difficult? The difficulty is you laying down your flesh. The difficulty is you laying down your own will. The difficulty is you wanting to do it your way. See, the majority of Christian thinking, especially in the United States today, is that I'm just asking Jesus to come into my heart and save me because it's about an afterlife after I'm in this suit existence, it has nothing to do with now. And so how I live today in his kingdom is irrelevant. But that's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what the Bible teaches at all. There's a pathway to citizenship. John chapter 10 verse 1 says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. robber. What he's saying here is that if you're trying to get into the church another way, yeah. you're a thief and a, you're trying to steal something that's his and it's just not going to work. Right. You're not a citizen is what I'm saying. Right. You can't get another way. He said unless you do the door, yeah. this is who you are. You jump down to verse 7, Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus is the door. No man comes to the Father but through me. Unless a man's born again, he can't even see the kingdom. Right? Okay. And this is a narrow gate. Why is it narrow? Because it's Jesus. I said, it's Jesus. Mama can't get you in. Daddy can't get you in. Grandma can't get you in. Auntie can't get you in. Doesn't happen. Nobody else can get you in. Pastor can't get you in. Prophet can't get you in. Prophet can't prophesy you in. You can't pay money to the church to get you in and keep you out of purgatory. Can't do it. No, you got to go through Jesus. Through a confession of faith that he came and he died on the cross and rose from the grave and that he saved your life from eternal damnation and delivered you out of a nation that had a tyrannical ruler and you call Jesus Lord, which is an allegiance to the one who is supreme in authority. An allegiance. I mean, how do you deny your nation? I mean, I was in the army. How do I deny my nation if it calls me to go? How do you 
you deny that? Well, I'll tell you how you deny. You say, I ain't going for these other reasons, and they throw you in jail and discharge you. But I voluntarily said, I will defend the nation. So when the nation calls, you put aside everything else. Because no nation will stay well defended if their citizens aren't willing to fight. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven and we have a fight. It's called the fight of faith. And your nation calls you to fight the good fight of faith. But what we want is citizenship after we leave and no fight while we're down here. Your nation calls, come to prayer. Oh, shut up. Come to prayer and intercede on behalf of those stuck in another nation. Like, well, I, you know, I got to stay home with my kids, man. You're just asking way too much of me. Oh, yes, yeah, quiet now. We don't understand citizenship. I mean, if you pick and choose, it's a religion to you. That's what every other religion, picking and choosing how they want to believe God. But when you're a citizen and you're connected with a vision that's moving for God and with God, then you'll hear the call and you'll step up to the plate. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do some self-evaluation. Amen. And honestly, man, I'm just going to be honest with you. Man, our life ain't near as citizens right now in this particular nation today. It ain't near as bad as some other nations for people to stay citizens in, that, in the kingdom of God. I feel like we could help them a whole lot more. I, there's no reason why God hadn't deployed us here so that our intercession helps those that are in the other nations being more oppressed. But you've got to answer the call. Fight the good fight of faith. You've got to answer the call. I mean, really, what call in your life's bigger than that? I mean, really, what could you possibly be doing greater than the call of God in your life? And at the end of the day, God is not calling all of us to come here every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's not, he wants us to influence the world. But in 168 hours a day, a week, I mean, not a day. That, sometimes I feel like I need that. But 168 hours in a week, anytime the call comes, you should say, my allegiance is to my nation as a citizen. I need to come fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. All right, verse 9, the 10th chapter of John. Amen. Just look at somebody and say, this is really good. <laughs> say it in faith, even if you don't believe it. Just say it. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be what? So the implication is, if you're a fence jumper, you're not. You're not saved. Got to enter in through the door. He said, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Well, you'll get the benefits of the kingdom. This word door here, the Thayers, defines door here in John chapter 10, verse 9. The door of the kingdom of heaven, likened to a palace, denotes the condition which must be compiled uh, within order to be received into the kingdom of God. It's the only way you're going to get in. Jesus is the pathway to citizenship. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, his nation, God's kingdom, then you must enter in through the door. You must believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came, born a virgin, that he died on a cross as a substitute for our rebellion, our transgression, our sin. That's just our disobedience to the crown of God, to his throne. It's our way of doing life, which is in rebellion to his way of doing it. And he is life, so the minute we don't do it his way, we're in death. It's called separation. We're separated from the kingdom. And we were stuck in a, a domain, a, a, a kingdom of darkness, where that ruler dominated our lives, destroyed our lives, only had one agenda for our lives, to kill, steal, and destroy. Leave us a mess, not only us, but our seed for four, five, ten generations. Why? Offering a wide way of what seemed like hope, 
peace, and all it ends is death. Right? But Jesus is the only way in. And so he's the door. He said, I'm the door. If you'll confess me as your Lord, supreme in authority, you'll be saved. I'll pull you out of that kingdom. We see this in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 13 to verse 14. It says, for he, that's Jesus, rescued us from the domain of darkness. That's the authority and power. The one who had you chained and shackled. You know, everybody likes those songs about my chains are gone. Well, they may be gone off your spirit, but some of you still shackled in your minds, in your behavior, because you're not acting like a citizen. You're acting like a religious person that just wants to go to heaven when you die. So you got to get the shackles off your brain, off your thinking, off your mind, and off your body. So you don't have addictions. Your body's telling you what to do. I made this statement in, um, <laughs> in, at Transformation Church. I said, you're going to let a plant talk to you, have dominion over you. You're going to let tobacco tell you what to do. And today, you know, the marijuana plant is dominating. I mean, have you seen them pop up all over ours? Now, I hear you because some people are like, now, Pastor Earl, I mean, people need that because, you know, they have some real serious ailments and issues and it helps them. You know what? And maybe it does. But God never wants you addicted to a plant. He only wants you to have one dependency, and that's the blood of Jesus. So rise out of the plant life into the blood life. That's what I'm saying. Come out of the plant life and get into the blood life of Jesus, because by his stripes, not only will he not mask your pain, but he will deliver you from the pain. Because smoking your dope and drinking your alcohol and getting your body numb to the pain doesn't change the pain. In fact, many of you are getting worse in parts of your body because they've gone so numb that you're doing stuff that you can't do but you can't feel it until it wears off. But Jesus will heal your body. <laughs> Woo, I said he'll heal your body. Amen. Don't, be, don't, don't feel ashamed because the healthcare system of your kingdom does more than put, a, put a, a mask over something, but it actually cures you. Listen, in the kingdom of God, there's a thing called the cure. You can be cured of cancer, not put in remission. You can be cured of epilepsy, of, of um, muscular, yes. You can be cured of HIV. You can be cured of COVID. Cured. There's no disease the blood doesn't take care of. And this is a right to the citizen in the kingdom. I mean, one of the biggest challenges in most nations today is offering the benefit to their citizens called health care. Amen. Now, listen, wherever you're at, just grow. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there was a time in my life that every Thanksgiving, man, I would come down with the flu like all the time. And I, and I was skinny guy, right? And I wanted to eat and get bigger. And that's when you had a bountiful amount that you could like get a couple extra ounces. <laughs> and so, but I couldn't eat during, and that's like, how, it's like cyclical, man, every year. Then I found out about healing. I thought, why am I letting flu show up every flu season like it has a right to me? So I had to change my thinking. Well, does that mean that I've never taken NyQuil before? Sure, I've taken NyQuil. Does that mean that I've never put a plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is? Sure, I've done, but I didn't rely on it. There came a point where I'm like, hey, hey, let me fight this here. And I found that I've won many and a lot of battles with that, that I didn't have to go to a plop. I'll go to a plop, plop, fizz tomorrow if necessary but I won't stay in a plop, plop, fizz, fizz life. No, sir. No, I'll get in the word and rise up. I'll say, Lord, change my thinking. 
cause my faith to increase. Let me trust you at your word. You can raise the dead. My God, you can heal my body. This is easy for you. So help me believe. Because, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, who had multiple miracles happen in his ministry, he said one of the greatest downfalls of the miraculous of healing in the church body will be the advancement of medical science. Because people will put more trust in what a doctor says about something in a pill that you didn't even see processed. You have no idea. Half of us can't even read the stuff it is. I mean, the words are so big. So what am I? Amoxamillin. What's it? Amoxicillin? Who can pronounce it, right? I mean, it's like, what even is that? You can't even pronounce. All you want to do is know, take one, three times a day. And you'll walk around. How are you doing? Well, I'm taking my... I'm not against your medicine. I'm just saying, if you'll be dedicated there, all you got to do is shift it over to the Word. Because the Word does good like a medicine. And eventually, God will be like, you know what? It's fine you were there, and that helped you along. But ultimately, let's arrive. Let's go on and get to another place where more than often, That belief is enough. Unless faith comes by hearing. So here's the thing. Just because you know it don't mean you're going to have the dose of it. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Nobody takes a prescription, takes one, starts feeling better off the one, and never finishes the rest. Now, many of you do take a few days, start feeling better, and then don't finish it. That's true. And then sometimes it comes back, and you're like, man, I should have finished the prescription. Same thing. You got healed once with the Lord, but then you're not in Scripture anymore. I mean, you want to come down, someone lay hands on you to administer healing, but then you don't. Faith comes by hearing, not from having heard. So you're not going to maintain health. Some of y'all that have gone on, you know, um, uh, I don't want to say a diet, because, I mean, diet's a negative term, even though that's what it is. You, you, you change the way you ate. So that means then your body performed based upon different eating habits. And the only way you're going to maintain that is if you don't go back to the old habit. Right? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And man, when you get your body pure, you go back to some stuff, it's like, mm, this hurts. I had a donut in Transformation Church. Yeah, Seminole, Texas. They had these little donut shops. I mean, it was desperate times, people. <laughs> it was desperate times. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think they had a McDonald's. No, they didn't even have a McDonald's, people. Yeah, desperate times. So I was looking for a cup of coffee. Went to the donut shop. That's why I went. It's true. That's a true statement. And I went and pulled the coffee, self-serve, off the bun machine that's at the cafe, and a little red container of Folgers was behind it. <laughs> Desperate times, people. Desperate times. At this juncture, if I'm going to drink this kerosene, I'm going to have to get something else in me to help offset this thing. So the donut went in. And I felt it. It's like I felt the sugar running through my veins, man. It was crazy, Bill. It was like, right? Oh, it was horrible. And you're like, why do you do it to yourself? There was nothing else to eat, people. There was nothing else to eat. Oh, my gosh. But, hey, the Lord, he's all right. It's all right. I've, I've passed it all now. I've passed it all. We're moving on to greener pastures. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, it didn't kill me, but I felt it's what I'm saying. Amen? All right, y'all all right? Okay, let's keep going. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14 says this, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. See, that's when you become a citizen. See, his ceremony is pretty amazing, too, because when he... Through the pathway of citizenship, when you acknowledge Jesus as Lord through his death, burial, and resurrection, 
through his death on the cross and resurrection from the grave by the power of the Holy Ghost, and he's Lord of your life, and you say, forgive me of all my wrongdoing. I acknowledge you as the Lord of my life. When you do that, then the Lord has a celebration in heaven. A ceremony takes place, right? That all the angels in heaven rejoice over the one citizen now, this sinner who's come home, this rebellious treasonist, this in another nation that was an enemy to God has now been turned and has become a citizen of the kingdom of God. He transfer you out of the domain of darkness where? Into the kingdom of his beloved son. When does that occur? That does not occur in heaven. That occurs immediately in the realm of the spirit, which means then you are to denounce See, when we say repent, which means change your thinking, but many a time through the religious side, they use it as a 180. You are to turn away from. And really, you are now saying, I am siding with the party of Jesus. One translation means, means that. Repent means side with my party. In essence, I'm leaving this nation because it's no good. This is why I don't fault people coming from other nations that are looking for a better nation. And they want to denounce it and come over. Because here's the problem. Us that are born in it, we're denouncing it and wanting the benefits of it. And you're like, how could someone do that? Well, Christians do it all the time. They get born again and then denounce through their lifestyle and behavior. They don't even know their own nation. For people to become citizens of the United States, they have to actually study our history. We don't even care about our history. And then we make demands of our leaders. And say, we want to be like another nation. I mean, that don't work in the kingdom. You're not going to say, Jesus, now listen. This is all great, right? I'm glad you saved me. This is awesome. I don't want to have to burn forever. This is nice. But here's the thing. I mean, you know, now, there were some things in my other nation that was really kind of cool. Okay. Okay. You don't want to go there? That's fine. How do I know it's been in the church? Because there was a time in our nation that you were only known as a U.S. citizen or an American. Period. That's all that mattered. But something's happened that all of a sudden we started reaching back. We started having another association with the word America. African-American, Irish-American, Hispanic-American, Asian-American. Like all of a sudden we wanted to go back and we want this culture to somehow manifest here. How do I know it's in the church? Because we say this, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner Christian. Instead of being a Christian or a believer, I'm a, I'm just, I, I sin like you, but I've got grace. Okay. You put, you're reaching back because you have lost your allegiance only to the citizenship that you're in. You're longing for something your flesh wants, but... There's nothing ever offered in that nation that you can't have it in this nation with freedom. You're not going to change the king on the policies of when you can have sexual relationship. You're not changing it. The king's not going to say, yeah, I get it. You love them. I mean, we don't need to get married. I mean, it's okay. I mean, as long as you love them, that's all that matters. King's never going to say that. King's going to say, the citizens in my nation are only having sexual relation when the man and the woman come together as one. Then it's permitted. Everything else, everything else is unlawful as a citizen. It's not of our nation. <laughs> all you got to do is read the book. Because in the end, when all that's left is the kingdom of God, None of that activity is going to be happening. None. <laughs> okay. 
Philippians 3, y'all doing all right? Let me just wind this down then. Let me wind it down. Philippians chapter 3, how do I know you're a citizen? Because the Bible says so. Philippians 3, 17 to 20, you're doing great, love you. Brethren, brethren, that's us, the church. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. So when you become a citizen, there is a pattern. There is a culture, there's a behavior that is fitting with the citizen of a kingdom. We'll talk about that later. For many walk of whom I'm, who I often told you and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. So they used to operate like a citizen because they were a citizen, but now their behavior is actually an enemy to their own nation. I mean, it doesn't sit well with any nation, and it should not sit well with you. If someone in the United States that you're a citizen of, if you are, betrayed your nation and sold our secrets to another nation that was an enemy, be like, throw that dude in jail or lady, whatever. Really, they were a spy? They were doing that, undermining us this whole time? And yet, this is what happens here. Believers in the kingdom of God now undermining their own nation through their walk. He said in verse 19, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. But look at verse 20. For our what? For our what? Is in heaven from which we... Uh, also, for which also we eagerly wait for the Savior, for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just because your citizenship is in heaven doesn't mean it's confined to heaven. Because when I go to another nation, I'm not in the U.S. anymore, but my rights are not confined to that nation alone. Nor are its resources. Because I've had some guys in here that are U.S. citizens that were in the service. They were to deployed to a foreign territory, and they had the resources of the home country show up with them. So although their citizenship was in the United States, when they were in those other territories, the resources of that nation showed up. The commands showed up. The food showed up. The provision showed up. And the finance. They were taken care of. The health care went with them. Oh, the money went with them. The resources they needed to accomplish the purpose of that nation went with them. The orders came from the actual soil their citizenship was in, and even though they weren't present, they were able to relay the information in the unseen, and they were able to extract that information and carry out an assignment. So even though your citizenship is in heaven, meaning your name's been logged into the Lamb's Book of Life, you don't have to be there to enjoy the benefits of citizenship. Some other translations of verse 20 says it this way. The Amplified Classic says it this way. But we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. And from it, we also, um, for, and from it also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Savior. The Weymouth translation says, we, however, are free citizens of heaven. And we are waiting for, with longing expectation of the coming of from heaven of a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bible basic English says it this way. For our country is in heaven, from where the savior for whom we are waiting will come, even the Lord Jesus Christ. A faithful version, AFE, says it this way. But for us, the commonwealth of God exists in the heavens, from where we, uh, also we are waiting for the savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, an easy read version says it this way, but the government that rules us is in heaven. We are waiting for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come from there. The Passion Translation says it this way, but we are a colony of heaven on earth as we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So the kingdom citizen principle is this. Citizenship in a kingdom is not a right, but a, tr but a privilege. Yeah. Citizens are chosen by the king and are beneficiaries of the king's pleasure and promise. What did John 16, 15, 16 say? You did not choose me, but I chose you. God handpicked you one day. Aren't you glad you came down the narrow way? I said, aren't you glad you came down the narrow way? So again, you, don't, you, you can't say, well, we have a right to that. No, you got to be picked for it. Now here's the thing. God wants to pick the world and offers it to the world. But there's only one way in. I said there's only one way in. Through him. We'll close with this passage of scripture. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 and 19 says, For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father, so that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow what? Citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Here's the awesome thing about the nation we are, uh, or we are of. We're all related to one another. Amen. Number one. Number two, we all are of the God kind, which is a king kind. We're royalty. In the nation we're of, as citizens, all of God's citizens are kings. Unlike in the United States where you still to this day have opportunities to excel or not in this particular type of society, okay? Still today, it still is able to happen. In so other nations, you have to be tight with the government or you have nothing, right? And those are usually more corrupt in nature on the earth. In God's kingdom, he says, all my citizens are kings. All of them. Because he's the king of kings. So the minute you made citizenship in God's kingdom, you made kingship. Wow. What an awesome nation we are in. There's only one way. I said there's only one way. And it's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. I'm glad that I know Jesus. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And our church last week suffered a tragedy. We had one of our own go home early. It's never easy during those times. And the time we're in right now, it's not easy. Because we just don't want to be separated. See, in God's original intent, he never intended for us to ever die. For he told Adam, if you don't eat the fruit, if you eat the fruit, you die. If you don't, and if Adam had never eaten the fruit, then none of us ever would have experienced death. But unfortunately, death is in the earth. And there is an enemy out there that kills, steals, and destroys. And there are situations that happen around that we just don't always get the answer. But I know this is truth, that God is never at fault, that God loves, and that if there's something I miss, I know that God's good. Always. I want to thank you as your pastor, because when we got news, we asked the question, is it time to come home now? And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, my body is taking care of this right now. You do your assignment here, and they're doing that assignment there because you're all reflecting me. And I'm so thankful that you reflected Jesus. We've got some things we still have to go through. But at the end of the day, one day, when we see Steve again, we'll never not see him. And that is very amazing. He knows more about the kingdom than we do today. Whew. He does.
And I know this. I guarantee it. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Why? Because Scripture has already told me. Because if someone who didn't even know God would ask Abraham to send someone back to tell his brothers to testify of something different then a child of God is standing with a cloud of witnesses right now saying you do your assignment you finish your purpose you get it done don't leave a moment early because we're coming back and I guarantee he's probably saying it may be closer than you think not that he knows because no one knows except the father but I bet there's a sense I bet there's a sense. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. Thank you.